Welcome to Coworking Out Loud, where we explore the deeper side of coworking, content, and community. I'm your host, Kat Johnson. Hey friends, in this episode of Coworking Out Loud, I'm chatting with Emily Lashmar, who is the creative director at Platform 9, an amazing brand out of Brighton in the UK. And Emily and I are aligned on so many things, vision, values, content, community. We had a fantastic conversation and even are considering figuring out how to bottle vibe. Have a listen. Hope you like it. Welcome to Coworking Out Loud, Emily. I am absolutely delighted to be connecting with you. And thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been a long time coming, so I'm glad that we finally have made this work. Absolutely. I think the last time we were in the same place was at Juicy UK a few years ago, and we just got to nerd out on content marketing and and different strategies. And right away, I knew that um, we speak the same language. Yeah, definitely. It was all around, mainly around community, wasn't it? And different partnership and making sure that you're talking to your core customer. And I think Still, all of the you, were, you you saw all the all the cool things we were doing on our uh, on our social media, and I think I was, um, yeah, I was very flattered. <laughs> you know, let's jump right into that because that's one of the things I wanted to touch on, and I'll circle back to learn a little bit more about you. But I'm so impressed with Platform Nine social media. I'm so impressed with the brand, and I've used you as an example numerous times in workshops of how to loop in the external community, make them part of your brand, like the way you showcase, like how, you know, you're a brightener and different things like that. Um, so will you just talk like some big picture about how you approach content for platform nine? Yeah, of course. I think right at the beginning, because nobody knew it, platform nine kind of arrived out of nowhere. Um, Brighton and Hove is also, for those that don't know, it's in on the south coast in the UK. Um, it's only a city. It doesn't have a cathedral, but we were, Brighton and Hove became a city. Um, the Queen let us have it because of the, the population and the size. But we're sandwiched between the sea and the South Downs, and you, it's quite a unique place. There is already a really deep sense of community in Brighton, uh, lots of artists, lots of creatives, but also lots of startups, and those are people that want that quick connection to London, but perhaps, you know, want a little bit of London in Brighton. And Platform Line came out of nowhere. So Seb Royal had moved, the founder had moved down um, from London and he created Platform Nine, which was the, there are eight platforms at Brighton Station and he wanted to create a new destination in Brighton. So thus Platform Nine, the name was born. Um, and I think when I joined as one of the first employees, my whole kind of marketing and content strategy approach was about really celebrating what Brighton is all about. Um, and Brighteners love a, a Brighton independent business, and that's what we were. And we wanted to attract other independent, like-minded individuals. And I think the best way to do that was to celebrate the members that we had and what made the city so great and the the traits and the the values of the people that live here. So that was really what it was. It was about speaking to people that wanted to make Brighton a better place to live and work, people that valued their life, you know, as a well-rounded kind of 
idea as opposed to necessarily grinding, but also what, but people that were also ambitious. So I think it, it really at the beginning became um, what, what sort of directed it was talking to what people want and what people were feeling and what people wanted. And I think celebrating other people's achievements is always a really lovely way. I mean, we're called Platform 9. We are a platform for others, a platform for partnerships. And and so all of that kind of uh, directed the content strategy right from the beginning. It's obviously so, evolved since then. <laughs> right. It's so brilliant, though, when especially when you say popped out of nowhere, um, co-working space operators have to do a lot of educating, especially if they're the first or the first few spaces in a town. And I love the idea that you immediately kind of embedded within Brighton, instead of trying to drag people to something they didn't know what it was, you were, you immediately looped in the, the larger community and you still do that really well with social and with your content, um, that it's really a celebration of Brighton, a celebration of the people. And then it feels really like this open door that people can then come check out the space because it's just an extension of who they are. Exactly. We, we've always really tried to co-create with the members and with the team and with other people that I think other organizations, whether that's a charity or a cultural organization or businesses or whatever it might be, but that share sort of similar values. And that kind of helps to strengthen your brand because you're partnering and celebrating with them. We always used to joke as well that we wanted Platform 9 to feel I wanted it to feel like the cheers bar, you know, like you walk in and everybody knows your name. Like that's the kind of feeling. I, I We have a big pub culture here as well. I think we have more pubs per square mile than anywhere in the UK. I might be wrong, but there are, there are so many pubs in Brighton. And um, in my 20s, I used to frequent them a lot. And when you do that, you end up knowing all the bar staff. You know, people are like, hey, Emily. Or, and when I worked in pubs when I was 18, I would see people park in the car park and be pulling the pint of Guinness that I knew that they wanted so that when they arrived at the bar, it's already there for them. And I think that that's something that in terms of brand, it's not just really in the strategy, like the content strategy in your social media. Of course, they're all important in your logo and your in your copy and your messaging. But it really is at every touch point so it's from that first moment they walk through the door welcome them make them feel comfortable ask them loads of questions you know listen to what they're looking for from that co-working space and then kind of pinpoint or direct them or try to help them to get the best out of it but always making them feel like they're they're part of it and that they belong yeah one of the things i love about platform nine just from watching from over here is it's such a strong brand, but when I see photos inside the space, it feels really warm and cozy, like everybody's connecting and knows each other. Um, I think that's an interesting and sometimes challenging balance to strike because we're seeing more and more like super fabulous spaces. And then we're seeing a lot of community focused spaces and it's like striking that balance of the two where it has all the professional amenities and all the things that we members need, but it also feels warm and cozy. That's an interesting challenge. Yeah, I think a, a lot of that is to credit uh, Rich Brett and Nathan Zaver at We Like Today, who are the architects that um, Seb engaged with to to design Platform Nine. Um, Rich has a real Seb chose a local interior architecture company um, to do that, and I think that was really part of his. He he wanted it to to feel like Brighton. Um, it's it's imaginative. It's playful. I'll, I'll, 
kind of newest space uh, at Hove, um, it feels like you're like a like an adult at like a I don't know it's like the walls are like scratch and sniff like everything's tactile you want to touch everything scratch it smell it lick it like it's it's he really worked with the materials of the space all the colors are so considered and also it's playful so it, it no matter also whatever wherever you are in the space you can almost see or you you can see something else going on so you have this kind of you can tuck yourself away and get your head down but you also have a sense of FOMO and you're always seeing something that's happening or people connecting and I think that really adds to the that kind of the elusive vibe that is quite hard to kind of do if you just fill a room with desks and chairs and a coffee machine and call it co-working like I think you have to be quite um clever and uh yeah creative to get to get to achieve what platform nine has and uh, we like today did a great job with that agreed a 100 percent. and i'm seeing more and more people are reaching out to me where they've opened a space whether as a landlord business owner um franchisee whatever they get all the things in place open the doors and they're like now what Right. Like, what do we do now? How, like you just said, that elusive vibe that, um, you know, it when you feel it and you also know when it's lacking and when it's lacking, like I've, I've been a co-working member for a lot of years and I've worked out of a lot of spaces and some of them have it and some of them don't. And it's not just a flip a switch kind of thing. Like, here's the checklist of things to do. It's like an all day, every day kind of thing. Yeah, I completely agree. There are so many developers that wish, like, if you could bottle Vibe and sell it, you'd make so much money because there's so many big developers that, you know, have to have an element of co-working or they think that's going to tick a few boxes for for what they need in a, in a development, but it just ends up being a bit, like, flat. And I think, but it's a combination of things. It's, you know, and, it, and it's the small subtleties as well. It's, I know Seb made some decisions right at the beginning that he didn't want to have a bean to cup machine. He really wanted to have a coffee grinder in the space mm-hmm. to get that kind of coffee culture and the smell of coffee. So it's, and it's not just about coffee, but it's it's about the, the the small subtleties of decisions that you make. It's about all of the senses. Like music was so important to us at the beginning. Um, me and Seb would would talk about how we would curate the kind of experience when it came down to the playlists, you know. And and it's it, it, there is it's multifaceted to get it right. And even you're right. Even if you have the checklist, I think it's all down to so many different things and also the, the, the people that make it what it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the music, like what it is, where it is, how loud it is, is a huge thing. And the coffee machine, I was thinking about this the other day, we have a really nice coffee machine here and it grinds up like for each cup. There are mm. days where I've been like, should I go in or should I work from home today? And I've thought, Oh, I'll go in. Cause I can get a good coffee. Like I don't think that operators understand that coffee is not just something you check off. It's like those of us who want good coffee and good tea, it's a really big deal. It is yeah. sometimes the thing that gets us to come into the space. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think we're also missing out on sort of the event side of things or the, the creating of the community and creating those moments of serendipity, which I think that was a big thing at the, at the beginning and what Rich wanted to do with the physical space. It's creating these pockets where people 
you know, will collide. They will bump into each other. They will have these moments where they they can connect and talk. Um, but, uh, but events do that really, really well as well. If you can put on um, kind of thought-provoking, thought leadership or... Um, events where people can be vulnerable and and connect on a deeper level or they can be inspired or they can learn from a workshop or they can feel part of a course like there are there are so many different types so I think part of why we have a lot of great content and good social media is because we put on a lot of great cultural programming type events as well. I have noticed that and it, it you can tell it's baked into Platform Norm because you have that event space, the the little amphitheater that I, I see all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I wanted to touch on how you use events to bring in the larger community, but also what, like what you just said, platform nine really pushes conversations forward. Like you have conversations that may be tricky. You have conversations where people can be vulnerable. You open conversations that are kind of touchy. And I love that. I love that you're doing that. It's really setting a tone, um, not just in Brighton, not just in platform nine, but for coworking. Like let's, let's have some of the, let's use coworking as a way to move things forward. And I just, adore that do you want to talk a little bit about um just how you approach programming and also what that looks like now I know during COVID everything got flipped upside down so what's that looking like these days yeah of course I think I think you have to really think about who's in your space um first and foremost and what those people come to your space for if you're predominantly a co-working space that just has monthly to monthly freelancers, for example, then your cultural program might look very different to if you have a bit more of a mixture. So if you have, you know, startups or scale-ups or much larger companies that might have a hub and use you as a, as, as a place to have their offshoot. Um, so I think thinking around who will be coming to the events, um, who, who is it for, what do you want them to feel when they're there, um, what sort of speakers, what topics. We have different um, you know, pillars for our event strategy around connection or physical is really important. We don't just like doing events in, in our space. We also like um, we're going on wild walks and swims or um, we have a partnership with Kim Slay from Unlost Co who takes people on these mini adventures. So last Christmas they all went around a campfire and toasted marshmallows or they'll they'll go to a secret beach that not many people in Brighton have been to before and they'll have a swim and there'll be hot drinks that he will make over a fire and they're kind of these special moments so but then we'll also do badminton or sports days where you can kind of brings people together sometimes they can they, they have an element of playfulness and fun to them as well that lets you reconnect with that childhood spirit and it makes people feel a little bit more that they can be who they want to be um but then again we do we as you're right we do try to challenge ourselves with the types of events and i know that seb is quite keen to think about what's going on in the world right now it's hard to ignore what is happening in in the world and how can we um you know create those types of events where you're doing it with sensitivity that people are challenged perhaps in the way of thinking it's quite easy to be in an echo chamber with social media and and where you live so sometimes trying to have things from different points of view but able to facilitate it in a way where people don't feel attacked and people feel like they're learning um it's quite a skill to do that i think um but we 
we also have our socials you know you can you can do all of those types of things but we'll always have an activity around it because just putting beers out there are people that don't drink alcohol you don't want to exclude anybody so having to think around that diversity of the types of people and to, to allocate it for them and um, we recently every year we do kick-ass women festival which we sell out it's 120 people and it's a full day kind of celebration of all that it it means to 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 be a woman or non-binary person um we'll have different people talking about their fields of work but also what it means to you know to how we can do progression is it is not an anti-man day men are invited to come along we've had dads bring their daughters that are 14 and you know accompany them and everyone i mean the the, the feeling on the day is 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 unimaginable i feel so proud to have sort of um created something like that and most recently i was away on i've been on maternity for seven months and most recently holly and tori the marketing manager and events manager created work reinvented which was a kind of update on our welcome to work event which we've done um which is all around the future of work and thinking around our purpose our people our you know our planet what what that means um we were talking around physical space obviously covid has thrown up so many um different ideals around how and where you want to work um i think it's really interesting that the the power it's not this great resignation maybe it's a great reevaluation people are having mm. all sorts of reevaluations in their lives post covid that where and how you work is so important we spend so much of our time at work so you better make it work for you not just sort of living paycheck to paycheck or living for the weekend you know like think about how you can align your work to your greater to the greater good and then we're kind of facilitating those conversations around that um so yeah everything you just said is so brilliant i don't know what to circle back on because it's all just feels feels like gold um i love that the reevaluation it's one of the things i'm very grateful for out of a really challenging time that we're all just assessing and kind of recalibrating who we are and how we want to spend this this short time we have here um emily let's chat a little bit so you mentioned working in a pub when you were younger, what was your entrance into marketing and then into co-working? Like what's your, what's a little bit of your story? Um, I think it probably starts at middle school when um, they, they took, they, I don't know how it happened, but essentially there was this internet after school club that 10 of uh, my year group of about a hundred children got to go to this after school internet club um and that was back with dial up and i think i was i was like 11 <laughs> years old and remember do 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 and and my dad was very encouraging of this thing called the internet um and i remember we had a desktop computer in our small little box room upstairs and i made my first website which was a clip up picture of a lion i think it was 24 pixels comic sans emily's webpage in like this <laughs> awful purple um and i uploaded it to the internet i wouldn't be surprised if it took you know a couple of hours to upload this very simple page um but I started I was just obsessed with the internet I would be viewing sources copying pasting using all of those old school x page mm -hmm. new like live like all of those and I and I was always on message boards and community boards for actually for um 
pop punk bands in New Jersey, mainly drive through records bands. I was obsessed with them. Amazing. Yeah. And I was, I was like a moderator on the starting lines message board and I was always on AOL talking to Americans and got to go over to festivals in New Jersey when I was 17 and 18, like skate and surf festival. Um, But all of that was possible through the internet and community you know, on message boards and and feeling like they were all my really good friends. So staying up till 4am so I could talk to Americans online. Um, so, but then I started making websites for bands and artists, friends and creatives um, when I was at school, after school, in summer holidays, you know, making money at 15, <laughs> making websites. And, and I think that entrepreneurial thing of, you know, I can do this. School's boring. I'm bored at school. I can be doing more of this stuff where I can be helping right. my friends and taking photos at gigs and doing all of that kind of stuff. Um, so after university, I uh, created Brighton Creatives, which was a blog and a platform to help the creatives at Brighton Hove. And we would do websites for them, branding projects, but we'd also do much larger projects because um, creators don't usually have a lot of money. So you have to kind right. of do some other, some other things to kind of pay the bills. And I did that for six, seven years before I started working at Platform 9. So a lot of the kind of blogging, content, creation, promotion came from the way that I had activated Brighton Creatives and just did a very similar thing, but for, you know, startups, freelancers, businesses. Um, and so that that's kind of how it led me to where I am now. We have a shared intersection that I didn't even know about before this conversation. Um, I don't know if you know, I spent many, many years working in record stores. So I filed many CDs, cassettes. Uh, I, I feel like probably vinyl too of drive through records. And that's, yeah, that's a fun, fun intersection. Um, Emily, I have to ask you about a marketing campaign you did at the train station a little while mm-hmm. ago. Tell me about that because it was absolutely genius as people are questioning commuting and the whole remote things exploding. Tell tell me about that. Yeah, so I'm going to give credit where credit is due. So that was Holly Sangvir, our marketing manager, who uh, who came up with that, that brilliant campaign. I'd just come back from maternity and she was like, right, we've got the stickers like make like Emily can you make the the coffee kind of sleeve we've got the t-shirts and um went up to the station but the the whole idea when when platform nine first started um and we obviously we have the platform nine names the ninth platform at Brighton station there were a lot of train strikes that were happening as well so people weren't able to get to work and this is pre-covid pre-people really staying in the city of knowing what co-working was so we would have campaigns around don't get the train to London or like I shouldn't say this but they're called Southern Round we would call them Southern Fail which is probably a bit cheeky um, to get people to come into co-working but the way that Holly did this most brilliant kind more um, new campaign where we actually got to talk to the commuters um, we connected with Small Batch Coffee who are um, they're a coffee chain in Brighton and Hove um, they have some co-working cafes, but they try to kind of leave laptops out of it. So it didn't necessarily feel like a conflict of interest. Um, what we were doing, it was on National Co-working Day. And I think you're right. A lot of people still don't necessarily know what co-working is. I think as a marketer, you will never be able to see your brand from, uh, I think you just see it. You're so in it, aren't you, mm-hmm. as um 
that you almost can't believe that people don't know what co-working is without us an option. Right. But it's National Co-working Day, there's a load of people going in and out of the train station. Small batch have a coffee cart right outside of um, Brighton Station. So, you know, we, we put the sleeves on the coffee and just offered people a sleeve where they could redeem it for a free coffee at any small batch in the city. And on there was a QR code where they could come in for and um, get a free day pass from Platform 9. But, you know, it's that brand awareness piece we got to talk face to face so it's almost like that old school flyering we did have to get a flyering license from Brighton and Hove Council to do it you can't just do stuff like that um but to be able to um talk to people direct around why they're co-work why they're commuting where they work was interesting and actually I bumped into well not bumped into but I was chatting to this guy and I said oh I'm from platform nine and he went oh I know platform nine I know friends that have membership there I work for a charity around the corner and I went oh great like what do you think about it he's like oh well you're not just co-working are you you're a community and I was I was like yes thank you like that was music to my ears because I'd had this period of time away from from platform nine and it was just this really great sense of you know people really get get what we do and that it's not just desks and and wi-fi we are a community so credit to holly for working out that partnership because it was uh it was a really fun morning obviously we got some people through the doors from it too that is music to the ears and i like the the old school like we do so much in digital marketing so much of it is the algorithm and all the things um a lot of people have success with like a sandwich board or like a campaign like that where you actually get to talk with people i love it and um how would you advise people who are trying to create that vibe, that community, trying to create a sense so that when someone references their space, they say, oh, yeah, you're a community also. How would you advise operators that are working to to do that? I think the first thing that I would say is that it, I don't think it necessarily comes overnight. You, you can't just call yourself a community and, 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 and hope that it's going to happen. I do think it takes... Um, well, a few of the things that we've mentioned, the the events, the rather than your the team that work for you, rather than them just filling up the coffee machine, like have them kind of integrate in with the members, be talking to the members on a on a deeper level to find out what it is that that they're there for and help them to get more of that. So whether that is just a quiet place to work, so maybe don't don't bother them. You know, maybe they just want to come down and put their head. So to know what they want. Other somebody might be new to a town. So maybe they want to know about all of the clubs and things that they can connect with in the city to feel less lonely. Introduce them to people. Mm. You know, that that a community you can't you can't just push down community. You can't shove it down people's throats. Right. What you need to do is you need to interweave people create those connections um those introductions you need to um really help people to get what they're what they're coming for but i think also encouraging people to get involved because i think with community you can't just take from a community i think you need you only really get out of it what you put into it um, so I think ways in which members can feel like they're they're part of the space, that they have a say. You know, we're so lucky as um, as marketers in co-working, or even if you're not a marketer and you're you're a sole owner of one, is that your customers are right there in front of you. You're, you're not selling a can of Coke to like the masses. You are literally they are there. <laughs> like, what better market research or what more could you want? If you think around being 
you're, if you're member centric, so your members are at the center of it all, make them happy. They will tell their friends, they will tell other people that will, it's just a ricochet wave of that. So just ask them what they want and just give it to them. Like it's not, they're right there. We're so lucky. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I always think about that. Like we're not selling dishwasher widgets or something that your people are right there. You can just ask them. You're just, if you're not already talking with them, uh, you're missing a huge opportunity. Emily, before we jump off, is there anything you want to add? Anything that we've stepped over? Let me just think. Hmm. I think maybe about, um, just maybe the differentiators of co-working spaces now that, you know, Platform 9 opened six years ago, there was obviously other co-working spaces, but certainly in Brighton, the market is, you know, we might have been the first of our kind. There were definitely co-working spaces in Brighton beforehand um, that were kind of member owned or, or slightly different kind of setups. But, you know, in those six years, we've had a lot of new co-working entrants and I don't think that's, that's going to end. We've got, there's possibly going to be a Soho Works opening in Mm. 2023 and I think that really knowing who your audience is uh, what you stand for what your purpose is so you know if you can have a mission or a greater purpose and you have values and take time to really um, think about what they are then you can use that as your kind of you know your north star or your guiding light in all of your marketing to make sure that you're talking to the, the types of people that you want in your space I think you know some co-working spaces will really focus on one particular uh, sector um, they might just be for freelancers they might not have many co-working actually they might be more flex and have more offices than they do uh, co-working depending on how they set it up so I think Thinking about who you want there, why you're doing it, um, you know, writing it down and kind of living by those values and referring back to that mission and trying to communicate that as much as possible will will attract the people that you want in the space. And it will make it a lot more of an enjoyable experience if you're getting, you know, if, if you're doing that. Absolutely. Um, it's so the differenti- differentiation piece is so important, especially now, especially with this like insane growth trajectory. Um, for brands, but also for members. Like if it's not clear who the space is for and I wander in there as a member, that kind of disjointed feeling or unclear vision values vibe, um, you can feel it. And it doesn't feel like a good fit because it doesn't feel like it's for me, like it's a space of belonging. That was so beautifully put. Um, Emily, what is the best way for people to connect with you, learn more about Platform 9? Um, I would say definitely check out my LinkedIn. Um, I post around future of work, being a working mother, um, and all sorts of things on there. So if you just go to my LinkedIn profile, I'm Emily Lashmore on that. Great. I will link to it. And thank you so much, Emily. What a joy to connect with you. Take good care. And um, I'll talk with you soon. You too. Thank you so much, Kat. I've um, really loved this. So thank you very much. Thanks, Emily. Bye. Thanks for listening to Coworking Out Loud. And be sure to connect with Emily on LinkedIn. She's an absolute gem and they're doing amazing work at Platform 9. Head over to katjohnson.co to register for the next Coworking Convo and check out The Lab, which is our workspace marketing club and virtual coworking community for space operators. We'd love to see you in there and I'll talk to you next time.